I'm Zeke Binion. And I'm Matt Rich. I'm a product designer and founder of CodeForDesigners.com. I'm a front-end developer at TableXI, a UX design and software development company located in Chicago. And this is Product Ship FM, a show about what it takes to design and build products that people love to use. Welcome to another episode of Product Ship. Uh, this week, Zeke and I are talking about learning things and more specifically, learning development related things. Uh, this can be tricky for a lot of people. And I know that Zeke and I have both had our fair share of struggles over the years trying to learn new things. Uh, we kind of just talked about our path to learning what we know and what has worked for us, what hasn't, that type of thing. So, uh, you know, everybody's different. So hopefully this conversation can maybe give you some ideas on how to improve your learning strategy. Enjoy. Okay, so Zeke, today we're going to talk about uh, learning things. And specifically, we're going to talk about learning how to be a developer. Yeah. Yeah, this is (laughs) going to be fun. Uh, It's kind of funny. Like, it, it feels like learning is just something that kind of naturally happens over the course of us just working and you know, if you're in a product sort of game and you're doing development, you're doing design, you're doing business, um, you're kind of continually learning. So this is one of those topics that is, I think for us, both of us, kind of near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, I mean, honestly, this is probably why a lot of us enjoy being in this space and working in this space is that there is sort of this continual cycle of learning new things, you know, both from like a technology standpoint things are changing all the time so there's always new things to learn on that front but then it just seems like there's endless opportunities to grow in different directions which is really i don't know it's a it's a i I will just say that's one of the highlights for me of working in this kind of in this world that we that we both have landed in yeah yeah absolutely it is kind of interesting i think you know when you kind of segment out learning from a I guess a development standpoint, you know, you've got things like learning backend, learning uh, server, server management, sort of DevOps-y stuff. Uh, you've got learning, you know, front-end development. And inside of all of those, each, like, tech stack is different and unique. It just kind of feels like there's always something to kind of poke our nose around. Yeah, I mean, you're actually getting me a little stressed out just talking about all those different <laughs> roles. And so, that, that's, a, that's a pretty consistent problem, at least uh, for me. And I think probably it's pretty common for a lot of people is that that feeling like you just never quite know enough. There's always that other thing that you haven't had time to dig into yet that someone else is talking about is the next greatest, best thing ever. It's fun, but it can be a pretty kind of stressful struggle as well. So I think... That might actually be a pretty interesting place we should talk about sort of that feeling because I feel like we've, we've probably both felt that and and have some ideas as to how to get around that that sort of idea. Yeah. Um, I think we're both fans of Wes Bulse. Um, and he was talking kind of recently on a podcast about, I think the, poc- the podcast is called Syntax. Show, no- show notes for the link. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See those show notes. But what was really interesting was that he was talking about like, uh, this idea of kind of working on the business and in the business. And he was talking about that from a, 
like the standpoint of like the podcasting tools and video recording tools he uses. It's like, I, I know there's something better, um, but I just, right now I need to be just focused on creating courses and this setup works for me. And I think that's actually kind of one of the strategies I use a lot for determining what I need to learn and when I need to learn it. Like if I don't have this problem sort of now or in the immediate future, uh, a lot of times I'll just kind of keep my eye on things, but I won't, won't dive deep into learning it quite yet. Yeah, totally. That's, that's a huge thing. I think for people that are especially just getting into the industry and getting into development and, in, you know, software engineering is that it's easy to sort of chase the next hot thing. And then when you, when you do that, it just doesn't allow you to really focus and deeply learn anything. You sort of have this like uh, surface level knowledge of, of a million things yeah, and that doesn't get you that far. So a lot of times it's, it's more useful to sort of it, like you have, you find the thing that, that, that is working for you. And I think the West boss example is pretty interesting because that's not even necessarily, this is sort of probably like a general learning tip. Yeah. I would say <laughs> is that, you know, focus on something that's working for you, learn it very, very well, learn it deeply if there are things, you know, uh, in your, uh, you know, uh, on the, you know, in your like, Christ, periphery, periphery, <laughs> jeez, uh, in your peripheral vision, like just keep an eye on those things, you know, uh, maybe track them a little bit. Uh, things change so fast, yeah, that a lot of times you, what is maybe the greatest thing, and it's going to be, you know, the thing that's going to change the world for all developers this month might kind of just fade next yeah. month, yeah. So you have to be a little careful with really jumping ship and learning a different thing uh, altogether. So a lot of times, like whatever's working for you is making you productive, you know, spend a lion's share of your, of your efforts trying to get better at those things rather than jumping into the new thing. This is something I don't think that goes away. I always have, I have to tamp my own enthusiasm <laughs> down all the time. Someone will share something on Twitter and I'll be like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> I'm diving deep into that. And I got to go, Oh no, just wait. <laughs> That's not, doesn't solve any particular problem you're dealing with right now. It's kind of cool. It's fun. Yeah. But you know, yeah. I was just going to add, I think it's kind of funny. I have that problem with um, something called metalsmith. And so, you know, I run a site code for designers and I, I guess I run three of my own sites, you know, my own personal portfolio and my company site and then code for designers and all of them are static using static site generators. Uh, I think specifically I'm using middleman on every last one of them. And, you know, cause I, I learned middleman, I learned it deeply and now I'm kind of at the point where I'm, you know, sniffing around going, man, it would be so great to like switch over to uh, JavaScript um, for a static site generator because I learned Ruby a while ago, but I, I have to admit my Ruby skills are kind of fading cause all you really use it for these days are static site generators. And so, you know, you switching to a tool I use more like JavaScript uh, is interesting to me, but it also has sort of like a switching cost. So I've been considering like learning something like Metalsmith, but I'm like, you know what? My sites are up right now. They're working. But when I make it to phase two of these websites, maybe I'll think about it then, but right now I don't need it. Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting point. So there is that, there is a cost, Yeah, you know, to learning something new, but um, you can also use sort of that, like that same idea that you're saying, like, well, I don't necessarily need to go down this path, but it would be, you know, it would be a learning opportunity. So 
you know, you have to weigh that into that cost as well. So yeah, it might be a cost, but then you might come out at the end, you know, having a new skill, which then is going to be beneficial there forward, that kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, there, there's, there's definitely an equation, you know, to making those sorts of choices and trying to figure out where, where you're going to, where you're going to devote your time. Um, you know, I can speak sort of from like, from the company perspective. Uh, so table XI, we're, you know, a, a design development consulting company. And we've been historically a very Rails heavy shop. Uh, we've sort of seen all these JavaScript frameworks come and go and, you know, the, the greatest thing ever kind of stuff over and over again in the last, you know, four or five years. And we've been very slow, reluctant to really like uh, invest time in any of our engineers to deeply learn any of these things because they sort of all felt like flash in the pan we weren't feeling problems with our current stack. We were very, very, very comfortable doing a lot of, a lot of very complicated things with our stack, you know? So, <laughs> and we're talking in a consulting company, like your time is your money. Like that is yeah. very, that's a very one-to-one thing. So that, that risk and that cost of learning something new is a lot more significant in that, in that context than it is, you know, with, for an individual or you sort of just multiply the individual cost. So, yeah. You know, that said, we've, you know, we've now gotten much more into the React ecosystem, but it, it took us a lot, a while. And it's not like we weren't paying attention. We were very conscious and we do a little, a little test here and there and kind of go, eh, you know, this is not quite doing it, what, doing what we'd like and, you know, go back to our comfort zone and, <laughs> and kind of, you know, you can get into trouble with that, I suppose, too. But point being, you know, it, it's all about kind of weighing the cost to learning these new things and, and how you want to devote your time to it. Yeah. I think especially for organizations, you talk about that idea of the cost. I'm curious, what do you think goes into that calculation that you're doing? Uh, well, I think a few things. So I think first, it's just the straight up time it takes you to complete a project. Yeah. You know, literally from A to Z, how much time does it take you? If you're introducing a new thing, you know, I'm sure there's in some <laughs> equation there, but like it's, you're talking about almost doubling it probably if we're, we're building something in like a totally new stack for example yeah. like that's that's a non-trivial amount when you're talking about you know a team of like four people you know that's a lot of extra money and either we <laughs> have to eat that as the consulting company because we're using this as a learning opportunity you know or the client has to eat that so it the cost has to land somewhere so that's i think one part of it and then, you know second part is more of the uh future looking kind of angle at it. And so that's a little bit harder to, to shake out. So if you make a choice on a particular technology that maybe is a little bit new, um, probably not as many people understand and know that technology. Yeah. So then getting future things done, maintenance work, et cetera, becomes a little bit more challenging. And also if the thing is, is really truly that new, the thing could just sort of just disappear. Which happens. <laughs> and then, and then you're really problematic. And then there's like, you know, 10 developers in the country that are able to actually do the work that you need done, you know, that kind of thing. So, I mean, there's, there's certainly a lot of risk to doing that. If you're working on personal projects and stuff, it's a little, it's less risky because you're just in your own little bubble, your own little thing. And, yeah. and you have, you're just more nimble, but I think those, those costs really start to magnify in, in more of the company setting. Yeah. And I think it's probably a bit too about company size. And because one of the things you hit on was just sort of like, you know, you're paying that cost for four people to learn. 
but you know, inside of an organization, you kind of need redundancy. And what I mean by that is more people, you need a few people to have the skill for this thing you're building for your client because your client really needs to know that you can stand behind this product, not just this build, but for the next five, seven, ten years um, before they even before they switch technology stacks. And I think that that kind of redundancy is really difficult to justify um, for new technology. It is. It really is. It, yeah. And even if you hire someone that is, you know, a super awesome, awesome Haskell developer or something like that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the right, you know, technology to choose for, for something that you're making. I, yeah. I mean, perhaps, perhaps like from a, you know, technology, you know, nuts and bolts perspective, it is like the perfect, you know, the perfect choice. Yeah. But if your team can't legitimately realistically support it, then it's not the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) we've, we've deviated a smidge from, from actually learning development. Although this is a little bit interesting from a company learning perspective, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. Let's see. Let's, let's, uh, let's, let's scale this back to like the individual learning thing. So let's just start out with it like this. Do you have any, any tips, tricks to, you know, sort of how you approach, uh, learning a new, you know, uh, let's say a new language or, uh, framework or something like that, Zeke. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to remember the last time I had really, really dived into something new, and it probably is React and Redux. Uh, React actually ended up being a lot simpler to learn than I thought it would be. Um, it's just the tech you use to produce a React, React app is a little complex. Mm, yep. Redux, that was kind of a mental hurdle. Uh, but I think the the way that I tend to learn is by doing. I'm I'm, I'm very, I'm sort of a very action orientated uh, person in that way, especially when I'm learning. Mm-hmm. I just don't think. I think books are very valuable, but I don't think they're as valuable as that tangible experience of touching something and working on something and kind of rearranging things. Uh, you can tell my orientation is, you know, that of a craftsperson. Um, so I do the same thing with physical things I make, like I've tried to make jeans. Um, I just like to tear things apart and just kind of work. And for some reason that makes my mind gel. Yeah. And so what I ended up doing, I think for react was I watched the course. Um, and while I was watching that course, I was actually building a completely different app than the course was building. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, like I could see what they were doing and I knew it would work because you see it work in the video. Um, and that wasn't the important part to me, but I didn't need the knowledge. And so I, I, a lot of times when I'm watching a development tutorial, I think for react, actually, I think I used West boss's tutorial. Um, and I just sat next to it and I think I was building a to do app and he's building like a fish I don't even know what that app is. It, I so, forget. It's like a store or something. Yeah, like a storefront for, kind of. Yeah, um, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't need that. That's not practical for me. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I like that. For me, that kind of works. It's like if I can take something someone's teaching and learn it uniquely and on my own and do it differently. Yeah, I think that's a really nice, a really neat trick. So I think the. 
the learning by doing and software development in general, I think it, I don't, I don't necessarily see an argument against that. Like that's going to be the best way to do it is actually to get your hands dirty and write some code. Yeah. I think it's easy with a lot of tutorials and books and things like that to sort of do like a one-to-one copy paste over kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, And when you're doing that, you're, it's quicker you know, you'll get to sort of the end thing that they're trying to make much, much more fast, much, much more fast, much more quickly. <laughs> and, but you're not going to, as uh, you're not going to learn as much. So actually taking sort of the concepts that are being taught and kind of applying them in sort of a slightly different way is a really interesting trick. And and I always have the trouble of like, I don't want to, what do I do? I actually want to make something. What do I want to build? <laughs> Why is there, what's the reason you sort of have to break out of that and just, just, you know this you're just gonna just consider this is just a throwaway thing if it turns into something you actually want to continue on then great but yeah so it doesn't have to what my point is it doesn't have to be like this perfect idea or product or something but you know sort of just slightly translating the concepts into uh, a little different tool or, or a little different product that you're trying to make i think is really a cool little trick yeah i'd I'd add for designers at least if you're kind of a visually orientated person you may not even be a designer um for me it's kind of important to use something that's going to help me not think about design um so i'll use like bootstrap or foundation if i'm trying to learn something in javascript and just use their css and go plain and it it's as a designer it does like i really have to force myself to do it yeah um but it's important for me to focus, remember what I'm trying to learn and not try to learn everything else. Uh, because, you know, even in that react example, that means I would also need to get like something up and processing react. Mm-hmm. And so I think I used, Oh, what is that called? It's like react starter. Do you know what I'm talking about? There's something. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Create react app. Yeah. Yeah. Create react app. Yeah. It's that is, if you're specifically if you're trying to learn react and actually if you're building actual react products it's a fantastic tool don't don't try to set i the <laughs> man man i'm getting getting flashbacks before before that before that existed trying trying to learn react i false started on on it probably a handful of times because i ended up spending half of my time trying to understand the build system uh to actually get a react project working mm-hmm. so i could actually work on it and then by the time i finally figured that out i was so proud of myself i was like all right gotta take a break now Whew, that was <laughs> man and then i you know put the put the thing aside and and just kind of almost feel a little bit burned out by that and never and not come back to it so i never actually got to the actual thing that i was trying to do because i was messing around with all of these sort of secondary things that you know, don't get me wrong. It's very useful to understand all that stuff. Yeah. But like, if your focus in this situation is, I want to learn React, focus on that. Don't don't worry about how Webpack builds a project to get, you know, your React app running. Yeah. Just say, forget it. I don't. That's I'll, I'll concern myself with that later. Use something like Create React App to give you that jump start and just cut all that crap out. That yeah. way, you can focus on that thing. That's a that was a huge boon for me. A learning react because you can literally spin up a functioning react project that's building properly in like seconds it is so great yeah and like i i can say i remember building with create react app and my first instinct was like oh man i don't like the way they're handling css 
I was like, you yeah, know stop. what? I'm not stop here it. for that. Stop it. <laughs> not. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Deal with that later. That's a different problem. Exactly. Yeah. So I think, yeah, that's, a, you know, another tip is just, you know, make sure that you're focused. Be, be focused. There's the rabbit holes left and right all over the place. Yeah. That will catch you and, and, and take you off the path of the thing you're actually trying to do. But be, be, you gotta be dedicated, you know, to the thing you're trying to learn. Yeah. And try to cut, cut, try to cut the rest out. And actually, a lot of that stuff will end up being like places you're more comfortable. So, you know, I probably fall into the same trap as you would with the HTML, CSS kind of stuff. Like, I don't like the way that they're handling their styling. I'm going to fix that. <laughs> and then, you know, hours later, that's all I've actually done is basically make the styling system better, which yeah. is something I'm already comfortable with where I didn't actually get to do the actual work that I was planning to do to learn the new thing, you know? Exactly. Um, something else that you mentioned earlier that I wanted to, to kind of circle back on for a second is the, it's a little bit related to the hands-on versus reading, I guess, or, or mm. watching, yeah. you know, strategies. Uh, and for me personally, I've ended up, I, in, and this is, I think you start to realize after you go through the pattern of learning something, you start to feel you get this perspective of what, what works for you and everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and the hands-on stuff for sure is a, is a very important component for me, but I've also realized that like some sort of like book reading is also important for Mm. me. So I end up bouncing back and forth interestingly. So I'll maybe what I've, what I've started to do is frankly, like reading a book is a little bit more portable, flexible, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. you know, so I could be, you know, sitting on the train uh, you know, whatever. Well, just sitting, sitting in a, in the waiting room of the doctor's office or something. I could be reading about about something, and I kind of try to read through the code examples. And I, I basically will. I found myself. I'll end up reading through a book once, sort of without even touching any code, and then try to do basically go back through it and write some code. Mm, and okay, and then stuff starts to click a little bit more for me. It feels like because I kind of remember going through it the first time. I was, I was a little bit confused about that, but then when I actually write the code, I go, oh, okay, I see what's going yeah. on. Um, and actually to take that a half step further, I will actually, if it ends up, hopefully it ends up being something that I'm actually doing on a project, maybe at work or something, that I can, you know, if I'm working on it on a live project, you know, things, some things will click while I'm in that environment. I'll actually pull back the book and reread some stuff about it and some mm. of the things that maybe were confusing me at the time, once I've seen how some of those things are applied in real, in a real app, yeah, then you know I start to make more connections. I guess that I bounce back and forth between both doing and and reading, and I'm not sure why that works for me, but <laughs> but that's like, and I and I had that wasn't an intentional pattern. That's just sort of how my brain works. So I, you know, I'll see something in an app, and be like, oh. I get why we're doing this now. Let me go back and like dig into it more from this book that I have. Um, you know, I, I actually do this a lot with the um, You Don't Know JS book series uh, from oh, Kyle yeah. Simpson. Yeah. It's a real like deeply learning JavaScript series. So that is like a reference I've gone back to over and over still, even like years of doing JavaScript work now where I'll see a different pattern or something like that, uh, and then I'll pop back into the book and go, "Oh, yep, okay, got it." <laughs> like that. I remember I read that and I thought I understood it, 
you know what I mean? There's, there's, yeah. I don't know. I go back and forth with that stuff a lot, and and it helps me to more, more deeply understand concepts. Yeah, you know, it is kind of funny. I was thinking about this as you were talking about book learning. Everyone, of course, learns <laughs> differently, but book like book learning, book learning, <laughs> book um, learning. Um, but yeah, I think I tend to use books for. I tend to use books for concepts is what I'm finding now. Yeah. So, you know, an example of that is, you know, I'm a self, mostly self-taught coder. Um, so, you know, I'd done, there were years in my life where I just didn't understand what model view controller was. Um, or, you know, now, you know, when you're in react land now, what is middleware? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of these concepts are just like things that I've, I've developers throw around and I'm just like, I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yep. And so I'll use books a lot of times to learn that stuff um, is what I'm kind of finding out now. So I'll, you know, I can be on a train and a train playing automobile, doesn't matter. Um, sitting on a beach somewhere. I could use that time to learn something like that a little deeper and then when I go back and jump into my, you know, my coding project or jump into a tutorial about a specific piece of technology, like it, it's helping new sort of connections form in my mind. There's something to the idea of the middleware model view controller are two things that are interesting examples, I think, of this where that those particular patterns are solving a problem. And until you understand what the problem actually is it's a little hard to understand the solution so like for example learn like honestly learning rails before having some concept of ruby is (laughs) it works but you're gonna you're just you miss you're gonna miss some things rails is solving a you know code organization problem maybe that's less like a rails ruby connection and more of like a building web apps uh without some sort of you know, frameworkish kind of thing like Rails provides to you and the pain around that. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's like read, learning Redux without yeah. having an understanding for how state management works just in React, vanilla React is a, is one that I, f- I think people run into a lot nowadays because it's sort of, you just hear, you know, re- Redux is important. And it, <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it's, it, it is, and it's great and it's used all the time. And honestly, you probably, you, you probably would end up with that um, but you don't, if you don't know what the problem that it's trying to solve, then it's hard to, to see why it's doing the things that it's doing. It almost feels at least in the react or redux idea. It feels like you're just doing all this boilerplate kind of cruft. You're adding all this complexity to your app for unknown reasons, you know, while you're learning it. Yeah. For me, the light bulb moment for redux was when I was building my separate react app while I was going through the tutorial and I was like, man, this is state seems like it's getting messy. Mm-hmm. How should I organize state? And then that was like, Oh no, now I kind of understand why redux is interesting. Um, it's interesting because it's got this ability to help me not just organize the state, but make sure it's updating consistently and make sure, um, you know, I'm not ending painting myself into kind of weird corners. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you felt the pain. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. You're like, there's, there's, there has to be a better way and there are better ways. And then that's when you take that extra step and start to dig in and explore those. I mean, you could even take this back 
back a step and and I, I'm assuming this is this is actually probably really common now, and I think it's probably something that both you and I ran into as well. Is I don't know learning like Ember before understanding JavaScript very well. Oh yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> so taking that, you you sort of you hear people talk about building things in these frameworks, um, which in this case is built on JavaScript, and you don't actually understand JavaScript particularly well. That's going to make that learning the framework really difficult. Yeah. You know, so it's it's hard to do because you kind of want to take the shortcut because a lot of those, you know, and especially if you watch a tutorial on, on any of these frameworks, you end up like you can build something fast. Yeah. And get a working functioning thing. And that's really cool. And that may honestly, maybe that's a good place to start to kind of pique your interest and, and get you, you know, get your mind going. and say, Oh, this is this is cool. This might be worth devoting some time to. Yeah. But I kind of would encourage you to take a take a half step backwards and and say, okay, let me understand some of more JavaScript. I know I I did it a little bit in a in tandem, <laughs> I think, where I was learning some framework stuff, and then I would sort of realize like, okay, this is a framework thing, this is a JavaScript pure JavaScript thing, yeah. And then you kind of have to figure out where those lines are and how they overlap, and and you know, then you got to sort of, I don't know, it's it's trickier to figure that out if you're coming in. If you're trying, you're kind of trying to learn two things at once, almost, you know? You know, it's kind of funny. And this is probably purely on the JavaScript side. We have this debate. Um, we are, we're always sort of debating like, okay, if you're an absolute beginner, do you come in? Do you learn JavaScript, vanilla JavaScript first? Do you use something like jQuery first? Do you jump right into like uh, React land or Angular land or Vue land or something like that? And you know, I'm kind of at this spot now where I'm like, I think you have to learn a little bit of JavaScript to start. Yeah. But I think then you kind of have to learn both of them in tandem, whatever your framework of choice is. Just pick one. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, vanilla JavaScript is great, but it can, oh, well, I mean, you know, it can build React. So it's, it is pretty great. Um, but I think it can only take you so far as a person who's working professionally. You kind of need, uh, framework these days yeah i think that's good advice and and at, at a minimum at least while you're on the path to learning something like react or, or what have you make sure you understand that vanilla javascript is the underpinning to all of that so just kind of being conscious of of that will help you to maybe and actually having like having a little understanding of javascript will help you pick out those things that are just javascript yeah. or or React doing something or whatever, or the framework, you know, being crafty. Yeah. So being able to pick those things out is is really helpful for trying to, I don't know, debug things, just figure out how to, you know, the best way to build a particular feature, that kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, I think that that holds true for, for Rails as well. If I, you know, <laughs> if I, if I remember back a little bit trying to figure out, oh, this is just Ruby. Okay, cool. Or this is a very real specific way of doing this. That's, you know, I mean, for one thing, you're like going to different documentation if you're trying to, yeah. you know, if you're trying to figure something out. So that alone is sort of annoying if you don't, if you don't have some understanding of both, you know? Right. I, Cause I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in Ruby land, like Ruby, vanilla Ruby, which is weird to say, uh, but plain Ruby, um, 
when you go into Ruby on Rails, like Ruby on Rails will actually add methods onto regular Ruby classes. And so like you're really hopping between documentation sometimes trying to figure out which one is where, what's the end of Rails, what's the beginning of Ruby. I mean, that's how I operate when I'm on a Rails project because I, <laughs> I don't deeply understand either of them. I just have some sort of, you know, kind of top level knowledge. Uh, so yeah, I'm bouncing back and forth between Ruby documentation, Rails documentation, trying to figure out. Yeah. I'd, so it's annoying. I'll say it's annoying. Well, you know, we've talked about development kind of broadly. You know, and when we've talked about it, we've talked about it kind of like from a custom application standpoint. But I think, you know, we both have a lot of experience kind of doing that, having that same learning experience coming from CMS land. And I'm just going to call it CMS land because it's just fun. But I know I've used WordPress. I'm not sure if you've done WordPress. Uh, we've done Expression Engine, Craft. Uh, I've had some fun with Squarespace. Uh, <laughs> fun. <laughs> fun is very much a euphemism there. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because I think you have those same concepts that happen as so we were talking about what's what's the end of Ruby and beginning of Ruby and Rails. I think you have a lot of those same concepts happening in CMS land, but it's even, it's harder to see the edges uh, because they're using things like a, like, well, WordPress, you, you really are just writing straight up PHP. Um, but in a lot of other ways, you might be using a templating system like, you know, uh, liquid or something like that. If you're on Shopify craft or what seems like almost any CMS these days, it feels like you have to really learn to pick your battles and which which piece you want to learn at what time. Yeah, you really got to pick your battles. In CMS land specifically, it's it it's easy to like if you're very comfortable uh, working with WordPress. Honestly, it's hard to justify jumping systems. Yeah, uh, it's just it just is. Um, like you know the the new hot the new hot CMS thing. You know, you've you've seen it, and everybody's talking about it and how great it is. But there's, yeah, for CMS specifically, it feels like there's a like a weirdly high cost. You can really, I feel like with a CMS specifically, you can really paint yourself in a corner if you don't understand how the system actually works, and if you have some weird other knowledge kind of polluting your learning of the new <laughs> thing. So, yeah. you know, I. I think the first the first time I used craft we used and you we were on this is on the same project is we kind of it was learning as going sort of thing mm. and we all came at it with some different CMS knowledge yeah various platforms and things like that and you kind of end up with a thing that works but then you sort of realize like oh boy we should have architected this a little bit differently yeah. for these various reasons and it's not as easy to refactor that kind of stuff the cms stuff it doesn't seem to me no. at least i haven't figured out good ways to do that so you end up with sort of this like i don't know this thing that you have to, that you have to deal with um because of some just like honestly poor choices that you made very early on when you were just in the beginning of trying to figure this out and you thought you understood something but you didn't realize how it was going to bite you you know yeah like a month later yeah yeah <laughs> It is funny, like CMS land is where one of the few places where I go very waterfall because I think you do kind of have to see a lot of design happen first before you can start making content decisions, at least like content fields in sort of a database. 
And like craft is pretty good at that. WordPress, you have um, like a custom fields plugin. So you have a similar concept. Um, but yeah, some of those, the in CMS land, I think the biggest places you can point yourself into those corners are where you're trying to figure out what field is what. Do I just need a big text dump or do I need like, you know, a separate image, separate, you know, assets uh, sort of broken out mm -hmm. and like the way you architect that it really does make a huge difference so that's it's one of the few places where i i go a little waterfally but even in that kind of waterfall it's you know i want to get some front-end development just done before we start integrating this thing into the cms yeah it for sure if you're learning one of them you know from scratch the more you know before you get into it the more likely you are going to be able to architect things in a way that's going to make sense going forward. Yeah. It's real, it's real tricky to start with, you know, a little knowledge and, <laughs> and not a whole lot of idea about where, where the, what the end game necessarily is. Yeah. So yeah, learning CMS is, is, is pretty tricky. And honestly, it's probably, you know, you should almost build, I sound, it's a, sounds like a giant waste of time, but you should almost build something, you know, with the CMS before you even are try attempting to use it in a real app, because then you'll hit those edges. Yeah, you probably should do a spike. And if you yeah. haven't listened to that episode on spikes, <laughs> yep. please do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Spikes are a great learning mechanism, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's see here. So we've, I feel like we've, we've, we could probably just keep talking about this forever, but we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so... Uh, you know, learning learning things in in sort of the de from a developer's perspective is, it's a continuous process. It just never stops, and that's fun and great. But it comes with all sorts of uh, caveats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You still have to you still have to produce work. You still have to, you know, make things. Get um, things done for your clients. You can't spend all your time learning. But I don't know. Hopefully, we provided you with some some tips and tricks and ideas as to, you know, maybe make your learning a little bit less painful. Yeah. Thanks for listening to another episode of product ship, the show about what it takes to build and design products that people love to use. I'm Zeke. You can find me on Twitter at ebinion, uh, E-B-I-N-I-O-N. And I'm Matt. You can find me on Twitter at M-G-R-E-I-C-H. To listen to all of our episodes, go to productship.fm. I mean, please leave us a review if you'd like on your favorite podcast app. See you later.